0: Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thrizer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey, it's Melvin. Before we jump into today's podcast session, just wanted to take a moment to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to listen to this podcast and taking the time out of your day to listen You know, when I launched this podcast back in 2015, it was done with a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty. And I just never realized the impact that it would have on so many. And uh, for that, I'm just so humbled and so grateful. If you do find the podcast helpful, if you could do a small favor for me, which is to subscribe to the Selling the Couch podcast, the best way to do that is to go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash listen and subscribe on your favorite channel and on your favorite device. Practically, this allows the podcast to be able to reach more people, uh, for us to increase our download numbers, which also helps us to land bigger guests so that we can serve you through these guest interviews. Have a wonderful day, and I hope that you enjoyed today's session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 288 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing awesome and having a a great day. So I'm actually recording this at the end of August, so not too far ahead of when this episode goes live. But we are, uh, I hope, especially in the midst of this fourth wave, I hope that you and your family are continuing to do well. I know that You know, many of us, at least some of us are thinking about or back in the office and uh, others are thinking through like vaccination policies and things like that. So I hope that you are doing well and uh, just especially with your own mental health. um, I hope that you're taking really good care of yourself. Today's episode is actually one that I think will be really helpful for you. It's all about leadership and developing oneself as a leader. The conversation is with my friend Jevin Colith. Uh, Jevin is actually a leadership coach, but more than that, Jevin has lived experience going through what it means to be a leader. He was actually a regional manager for a major healthcare system down in Texas. He manages multiple clinics, has done a lot of work over these past years, works with a lot of healthcare providers in developing their own leadership skills. And I wanted to have Jevin on just to share some of those insights that he's learned along the way. So we start our conversation just with this idea of, you know, when we look at businesses, right? Like we think there's obviously businesses are made by individuals, right? And usually a business has an individual like the founder, right? Who is in charge of that business And so we start with this conversation of why it's important to start at the individual level versus uh, at the team level when thinking about leadership development. It's a really fascinating topic and a conversation I think you'll really enjoy. And then we dive uh, into this other area of the pandemic. How has leadership changed as a result of the pandemic? And what are some of the trends that Jevons noticed as a result of the pandemic, specifically and just, I mean, there's just been so many realms and things that we didn't even consider in a pre-pandemic world. And I think you're going to be really fascinated by that. And then we wrap up uh, with just sort of some of the personal and real life experiences that Jevons learned along the way uh, in order for you to become a better leader. Uh, I share this on the podcast, but you know, I truly believe that whether you have a solo practice uh, whether you're solopreneur or you have a group practice, we're all leaders, because we are all in positions of influence. And so I feel like this is something that has been a lot on my heart. And I've been really trying to work these past couple of years, specifically, because I realized that I, my ability to become a good leader is going to be always impacted by the work that I do on myself. launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. So we'll get right to today's podcast conversation. Here's my conversation with Jevin Kolat. Hey Jev, welcome to Selling the Couch.
1: Hey Mel, thanks for having me.
0: Man, this is just A wonderful moment. One, getting to have a conversation with you on a a topic I know that both both of us are passionate about. But two, just to have like a friend from childhood to be able to do a podcast interview and seeing how our lives have, you know, unfolded. And it's just it's it's an awesome moment. So I'm grateful for it.
1: Yeah, I'm super grateful as well. It, this one just just means something different for me. So definitely happy to be on and definitely happy to collaborate on this podcast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You have been doing just so many things. I mean, I know just in personal conversations, like one, how busy you have been, but two, also just the range of experiences that you have, you know, you've had these past couple of years and you've gone now into this area of like leadership development. And I know this is an area that you're really passionate about. I feel like, you know, so much of your work with small businesses starts with working with the individual versus like initially with the whole team. I was just kind of curious about that. When you explained that to me, like, what was the thought process behind that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I love this question, because it really is the framework and the core behind why I do what I do. (laughs) So this is the perfect question. And I I like it. So really, if, if I'm gonna talk about why I took this approach it's going to be number one based off of life experiences. So any leadership position I've been in and Mel you could probably relate to this back in the day when we were in church and just thrown in in leadership positions and things like that, we we had a certain idea of what that looked like and how to be and and things like that. But then even going through schooling systems and then eventually, you know, becoming a leader in hospital systems and things like that, I learned firsthand the importance of individual growth. And, you know, I want to talk on that just briefly real quick. It really is, if you think of how society is set up, how the schooling system is set up, how all of these curriculums are set up, it's really set up to teach the individual how to influence the masses, right? So if let's just take schooling for an example, right? Like my courses in business school and healthcare was straight up uh, strategic management, human resource management, um because it was healthcare focused biostatistics epidemiology like these are all the graduate school courses that we we were we took right and a lot of these courses jump right in on how to influence a mass population right and so the focus immediately becomes on how to influence team members right well what's wrong with that approach i think What's wrong with that approach is what I ended up seeing when I became a regional manager and I saw a lot of first-time clinicians that had to become leaders or first-time business graduates that had to become leaders. They go in with all these strategies and they have a team that just does not respect them. They have a team that is toxic. They have a team that they can't hold accountable and all these things because they're immediately focusing on these mass strategies that they were taught but they may not have done as much development on themselves, right? So we've all been in places, I'm sure, where you've had a leader where you're like, I I just, this does not make sense. Like, how are you telling me to do something? And you're not practicing what you're preaching, right? And so we see it a lot. We see it in the industry. We hear people complain about it, but I don't think we focus a lot on why, right? And I think the reason is because a lot of these people, unfortunately, are a victim of how the educational system is set up, how society is set up, and then they're thrown into leadership positions for the wrong reasons. And then all of a sudden, they have influence over people. And it's really important to take a step back. So that's the reason I started my whole coaching initiative. I did it back in the corporate industry with at Baylor Scott and White, and now I'm doing it as my own. And you know, the reason I did that was because we really focus on the individual and. Developing the individual, basing, like, figuring out what your personal mission is, what your purpose is, what your why is, utilizing Simon Sinek's what's your why approach, all these things. We truly try to figure out what that individual's purpose is, hone in on that. And then we figure out what the barriers are, you know? So, what are your personal barriers to becoming the best version of yourself, right? And some of those barriers are things a leadership coach can help with. Some of those barriers are things a counselor or psychologist need help with, right? And I'm very cautious on my approach on how I do this because I grew up in the medical framework. I know my capacity of what I can do. (laughs) And so I have a list of therapists and psychologists that I, I recommend a lot of my folks to develop that some of these more deeper personal approaches that they need to kind of focus on. But really, it's breaking down those barriers, creating new and healthy habits to become the best version of yourself. And so then I become more of an accountability coach versus a leadership coach. So I'm going to be that person that is with that individual in their journey, kind of like that, that little gnat that just doesn't go away, right? I'm like, hey, how's it going over here? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Okay, cool. Really just helping people develop long-term habits, right? So once that whole individualistic platform is developed, I call it your solid foundation. Once you've developed your solid foundation, then we go into the mass team approach. But yeah, I think it's it's really because society and culture teaches us straight into the mass approach without any type of individual growth. And I think that's where the leadership coaching like myself comes into, to help you develop and become the best version of yourself.
0: Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's I love the way that you explained it. And I think, you know, one of the things also, and I've learned and, and I, you have as well, which is like our ability to lead and our ability to influence is like directly impacted by the internal work that we do, right? So either a lack of awareness or an unwillingness to explore certain tough, painful parts of ourselves, and even like blind spots, right, like ultimately place a lid on our ability to lead well.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you hit it on the nail, Mal. I'm... You know, and I think that's where a corporate strategy for the longest time has been, okay, I know this is an issue, so I'm going to bring in a weekend seminar, or I'm going to bring in a person just for a quick CEU, and that's going to be the fix-all, right? And unfortunately, you and I both know that (laughs) intrinsic work is a lot more than just a weekend seminar or a CEU to help you become the best version of yourself. You can't just pick up a book one day read it and then post about it on Instagram. And then all of a sudden you're the, you're there, right? Like it just doesn't work that way. That intrinsic work. I mean, the way that I describe it to folks that, you know, may not have explored that realm a little bit. It's, it's kind of like you're getting ready to become <laughs> a basketball player in the NBA, right? It's not, it's not something that you just can automatically do. It's, it's equivalent to that physical fitness. It's equivalent to reaching a certain goal, right? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of people in your life helping you get there, and it's figuring out how to not be afraid and, and take that first jump.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love the the framework that you looked at it because it's just so true, right? Like, we are so used to thinking, even like mental health providers, right, continuing education, you go and take this thing for a certain amount of time, whatever, right? And yeah, I feel like so true, like leadership is so different because it's something I mean, there's just so many challenges, right, that come with it in so many unique situations. And if it's not something like you can just go on a weekend and just be like, oh, yeah, I got it figured out, right? And yeah, but I love that sort of holistic and your that emphasis on developing the person and giving them, and by developing the person, you're giving and equipping and giving them the skills that they need then to make those decisions with confidence and clarity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. With their solid foundation that they can just grow on. Yeah, absolutely.
0: You've kind of articulated this, and I'm just going to ask it again, because, you know, sometimes I hear things that it doesn't quite register. So I feel like, you know, leadership is something that I, it doesn't come like naturally to me. One, because I think for a long time, I had sort of these like stereotypes about what a good leader should look like, right? They should be verbal. They should be like super extroverted. They if and if they're all like active on social media, they should be like posting every day, all of these things. Right. And then or they should jump into conversations like left and right kind of thing, you know. And I don't know, for me, it's been such a a learning because I feel like it's a big area of growth for me, like developing and growing as a leader, you know. And I wanted to ask you, like, why is it a great idea to develop oneself as a leader?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, and I think I'm going to take it a scale back and and just think of like what a definition of a leader, right? Like what and what do we think a leader is? And to your point, when we think of societal standards of a leader, we think of these great folks, right? Like Nelson Mandela. We think of Gandhi. We I think of Mother Teresa. You know, <laughs> I think of these folks, and these are the people that I think of like as pivotal leaders, right? But, I can tell you from my experiences, the most influential leaders that I've come across are not folks with titles; they're not folks with management titles c e o titles c o o titles. I still remember the most influential influential person that I met in the hospital system was a custodial person, you know and was the best leader in that hospital system because of one who he was as an individual, what he's been through in life and how he's developed himself from what he's been through in life. And because of that, he just radiated this energy that you just cannot teach, right? You can't teach this energy that he's radiating, right? Patients loved him. His coworkers loved him. Everybody in the hospital knew him. If people were coming to that specific hospital, they would ask for him, right? They wouldn't ask for the the top well-known neurosurgeon. They would ask for this person because he was such an impactful person, right? And that's a leader. And I think that's, a leader, because he is a good steward of who he is and his gifts, and he puts it out there in the world, right? And he's not afraid to put that out there in the world. There's no title. There's nothing that he's getting from it, but he has just honed in on who he is as an individual, and he's using that energy to impact lives. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that example. And I think that's why it's important that everybody hones in on who they are as a person and how they can influence this world in the best way possible, right? In today's society, more than ever, we need people to hone in and be the best versions of themselves so that what we're putting out in the world is beneficial, right? And I think that is is why leadership is important for everyone. And I think leadership development, unfortunately, and this is Again, no no dig on anybody, but it's just where we are. We often think high-level leaders are the ones that need leadership development, and I say not at all. I think anybody who wants to make a difference in the world and wants to be the best version of themselves should p- pursue some type of leadership development. So whether that's if you have insecurities or things that you're working through, or major roadblocks, and you want to go through counseling, you know, I, I feel like that's a form of leadership development. You know, I think you're developing yourself as an individual to be the best version of yourself. And if you're in counseling, great, you're in leadership development. <laughs> and then if you want to hear more about leadership theories and take it to the next level and those kind of things, and you need a leadership coach, then go pursue one, right? It's really about figuring out how you can be the best version of yourself so you can make a difference in the world
0: before we jump into the rest of today's session if you have launched a successful private practice and are now looking at launching an online course just wanted to encourage you to download the free SDC online course creator kit that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash course kit this is basically a seven-part email course Uh, We broke it down into very simple and easy to understand language, but it's the exact exercises that we use for our mastermind members in order to validate your course idea. So you'll basically take your idea for your online course and run it through a bunch of different exercises that we use in order to make sure that it's a profitable one. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash course kit. So we'll jump right back in. Yeah. I mean, and this, I think it's like articulated really well. This is something I've kind of learned, you know, I think I I had in my mind that, you know, I'm never going to be like a group practice owner. That's just not something that I was really particularly interested in. But you know, I always imagine like, I'll just have kind of this solo thing. And initially, like, it was just me, right. And but then I realized, you know, for example, even down to small things, right? Like, if I would hire like, someone to do a certain thing, right? I realized I needed sort of these leadership skills to be able to clearly communicate like certain things, so it wouldn't go back and forth. So it was just effectively communicated. And then, you know, I have a number of independent contractors that sort of help with STC. And this is like, and I have a a virtual assistant who helps me and, and she's been awesome. But this is like one of these areas that I feel like, man, like I'm stepping into these positions. And I I don't know. It's, it's on my heart to like lead well and like love well and care and care well. And I think that's, and I know that a lot of folks listening to the podcast, they sort of orient that way. And I, yeah, I just wanted to share, like, if you're listening and you're like, man, this isn't just applicable or this may not be applicable to me, but I would say it is, you know, like, you know, any position of influence, right. Where you get to care for other people, you know, you're absolutely right. So Jeff, I, I wanted to shift a little bit and just ask you uh, a question because I, I feel like this is, you know, we're, as, as we're talking, right, we are now like in this, I don't even know whatever wave we're in, fourth wave, is this right, yeah. <laughs> of the pandemic, and I mean, just this pandemic has upended so many things about how we think about leadership, and that's where I wanted to ask you. But before we actually do that I had something I wanted to uh, ask you. So when you saw that person, the, you know, at the hospital that you really like, what was it about him that you were like, oh my gosh, he's a leader?
1: You know, I think when you see somebody consistently enough as human beings, you know, sometimes you can there's ways to put up a front, right? There's ways to, you know, put on that southern charm, just just be very hospitable, you know, just Put it all on in Texas is what we do, right? So, and I think with him, every time I saw him, it was his consistent energy that just is not humanly possible to fake, you know? And so once I got to know him and I heard his story and who he is as a person, I understood this was who he is, right? So what was it about him? It really was just his energy and who he was as an individual and who he stood for. And then that brought me into getting to know who he was and what he's been through And that even made me attach to him even a little bit more. So he basically, and this is me nerding out in my head, but was practicing what every leader should practice with an actual leadership position of just, he was worked on himself. He's basically this individual that just radiates this authentic energy and he's a leader, right? And I couldn't teach some of my like high-level executives who are going through leadership development the same principle because- they haven't really honed in on life like that, so that's what I respected about him. It's just he was an authentic person who has clearly worked on himself and and grown a lot.
0: That's awesome, yeah yeah, shifting a little bit. So, as I mentioned, the pandemic has changed so much of how we think about leadership. What would you say are like three ways that leadership has changed as a result of the pandemic?
1: Yeah, no, I think the three things that kind of that kind of come to um, the forefront for me is the remote leadership is is going to be a big one. Interpersonal skills is going to be another one. And team culture is going to be a third one that we'll kind of go into. The remote framework has really exposed, <laughs> in a way, a lot of areas that leaders tend to struggle with in a different way, right? Typically, when we have issues or when we have things that come up in a in a physical setting, you can kind of learn ways to either go take someone to lunch or go over here to this corner and just have a little chat, things like that. And what you don't realize you're doing in that physical setting is you're putting band-aids in place to kind of fix long-term issues with short-term solutions, right? I don't have time to deal with this. Let me just take this person out to lunch real quick, buy them lunch, and it'll make it all better, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and those kind of things. So all those short-term solutions that leaders one at one time had, it's kind of gone in the pandemic. Like you don't have that ability. You're strictly relying on video chat, phone conversations, audio, and all those things, right? So if these things that you're speaking about and talking about don't really have value or don't really have sustenance, it's going to come through. <laughs> and I think... That's the biggest thing that we've learned in remote learning is and in the remote environment is leaders really have to practice what they're preaching because if they're not it's going to radiate through. So that's been exposed in the remote environment. I think interpersonal skills, you know, again this is a a, a thing that is very trendy and in everything, right? People talk about interpersonal skills, soft skills, customer service, all of those things, right? But it really is exposed again in the remote and pandemic environment. And a lot of that is really just because of the lack of internal work that has been done by individuals. So if you haven't done it, it's really going to be exposed. And that's just the bottom line, right? So I think a lot of leaders are now learning that there's a lot of work that has to be done. I've probably gotten the most business ever (laughs) now than before, because I guess in a way the pandemic has exposed, right? A lot of areas that we need to work on. So those interpersonal skills are big, you know, how we communicate with our team members, how we communicate with vendors, how we communicate with customers, how our tone comes across in emails, like things, all those kinds of things are important, right? But digging into why right? Why are we communicating the way that we are? Why are we writing the way that we are? What is it? Is a burnout? Like what's going on, right? And those are the kind of things that we do in leadership development is figuring out what your barriers are, figuring out habits to help you get to the better place. And the last thing is team culture, right? Those individuals who have not worked on themselves make up a team and then you have a toxic environment, right? So, So it's kind of like you don't have a solid foundation and all of a sudden you're putting up a framework of a house that's just crumbling, right? And that's how I describe a toxic team culture. So I think the pandemic, it's just the fourth wave. It's been such a, a crazy experience for everybody, but it's been a good experience for personal growth because I think it's really exposed a lot of areas that we as individuals, we as society need to work on and getting over the human ego of I can do this myself and reaching out to folks that that can help you get to your goals, that can help you get to the place that you need to be so you can make the biggest impact.
0: Yeah, it's so much. It's so fascinating. And then I was just thinking, even as you were talking, like this intersection of like remote culture with interpersonal skills, right? Like practically, right? Like doing Zoom and all of these things and communicate. It, it is It's I mean, this is going to be like a whole other like level of, you know, things that we'll have to consider because, I mean, I I can't imagine it even as, you know, the pandemic does get better. I can't imagine this is going away, right, especially in healthcare, remote work and, you know, telehealth and all of these kind of things,
1: you know? Yeah, I think it's here to stay, unfortunately, but yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. I know that a lot of folks that are listening, you know, they tend to be like, just to give like practical example, they tend to be like, for example, like group practice owners, right? And a lot of them at this point are just navigating. I mean, it's just talking to a colleague like this this morning, like, you know, about how they're having to like think through like policies and stuff for like, as clinicians come back into the office, right? Like vaccination policies, right? And I don't know, like, it's such a, it is such a fascinating thing. And I, I wanted to, again, not trying to like, you know, like minimize like leadership or anything like that. I mean, but more like for someone that's, that is like a group practice owner, for example, and that's having to navigate so many of these new things, right? Like going back into the office and things like that. Any sort of like pearls of wisdom that, you know, they can sort of consider and think
1: through? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, the number one thing that I can say is, is going back to that practice owner or uh, regional or practice group owner or whatever, whatever the name is, is to kind of figure out where they are, to figure out a pulse work of where they feel they are as a leader going into the work environment. So before we even look into policies and procedures and things like that, do a pulse check on yourself. Okay. And figure out, am I in the best place right now to even enforce policies? Am I in the best place right now to even have conversations with individuals? And if you are fantastic, right? Then we can talk about strategy, but if you're not, don't even go down that realm because you're going to go into a place where you don't have that solid framework and it's not going to be a good place it's going to be a toxic environment it's going to be very hard for you so really develop yourself figure out what your values are figure out what your mission is figure out your purpose your why read that book again <laughs> you know that's what I do sometimes in my in my pulse check set situations is just read that Simon Sinek, what's your why book again, but really figure out that core and then go into uh, your policies, right? And then you're more confident as a leader to enforce those policies, right? If there are clinicians that you know come into the workplace and they don't want to he- adhere to certain uh, policies and things like that, you go back to your company's purpose, your mission, your why, and you in a way, relate your policies and procedures back to that mission and that purpose, right? So my company's purpose is innovation, stewardship, safety. Like I have all of these values, right? This policy is directly related to this value. And I expect everybody in this office, everybody in this group to adhere to this because of this. This is the why, this is the purpose, right? Accountability is huge. And so- if you're in a place and you're confident as a person you can enforce that a little bit more in a in a more purposeful way right so that's going to be tough and that's a tough feat it's never easy to have difficult conversations but positive outcomes from difficult conversations is where it's at for any business <laughs> and i think sometimes we have to as leaders not be afraid of those difficult conversations we have to think of what could come from those difficult conversations right Imagine not having a conversation of policies or procedures or avoiding, right? it's That's not going to be good. So, yeah, that's the framework I would look at. I would look at is just do a pulse check on yourself of who, who you are, where you are, what your purpose is, and just really be strong in that. and then figuring out how you can tie your policies and procedures to your company's values, your company's mission, your company's purpose, and really enforcing and making people understand the why.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing I was sort of taking away—the phrase that came into my mind—is like sometimes, especially when there are multiple things going around and there's just a element of chaos, like there's really wisdom in like slowing down in the short term so that you can speed up in the long term.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Jeff, I'm just so grateful for you. Grateful for our friendship. Grateful that you know we were able to reconnect through a podcast out of all things. And so you're doing some pretty awesome things in the world. Please let us know a little bit about what you're doing, the work you're doing, and and how we can get in touch with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So currently, I work with small business owners, chiropractors, physical therapists, you name it, physicians, what, whatever it is, but basically in the healthcare setting. I also work with people in the non healthcare setting. I work with personal trainers who have businesses and things like that. And so what I do as a leadership coach, it's a little different. I'm not going to be that, how do I say it, fix yourself in 10 days type of individual. It's a a completely different approach. It's a holistic approach. It's going to be really focusing on yourself. And you've heard it throughout this podcast, really figuring out who you are as an individual, honing in on your leadership skill, figuring out your hidden superpower as a leader. And then figuring out ways to maximize that in the world, right? So if you're a business owner, figuring out ways how you as an individual with your superpower can maximize your business. And what I love to do is to really just write down those results, right? How working on yourself through a value-based approach, working on your team through a value-based approach increases your revenue. And I love that part of it is really just jotting down the work that you do beginning revenue, end revenue, and seeing how all of that ties together, right? So well, that's what I do as a leadership coach. I really work on you through a value-based approach and impacting your ROI overall. So ways that you can reach out to me, I'm really active on Instagram. So <laughs> just go find Jevin Collett at Instagram. So J-E-V-I-N-K-O-L-E-T-H, that's my handle. Just go to Instagram, you know, slide me a message and I'd love to connect and nerd out about all things leadership.
0: Awesome, Jeff, I'll definitely uh, put that in the show notes for you guys. And uh, Jeff, again, grateful for our time together and uh, have a great rest of your day.
1: You too, Mel, thank you so much.
0: You're so welcome, bye. Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jevin, and especially if you are a personal development and leadership development junkie like me, I hope that today's podcast session has just been really helpful for you. Jevin uh, mentioned, spoke a lot about Simon Sinek, and there's actually a great, I'm going, I'm reading through several of Simon Sinek's uh, works, but if you're on Instagram, um, he's a great follow, has a lot of just really helpful Content on there. And then he also has a great YouTube channel with a bunch of like uh, short little blurps or short little videos on leadership. I encourage you to check out. Uh, That's S I M O N S I N E K. And yeah, I I hope that will be a wonderful resource for you, especially in your development as a leader. There's also an old uh, TED talk that Simon Sinek did from a number of years ago about Start with Why. And uh, it's the basic premise of it is this idea that Jevin and I spoke about, which is really honing in on what the deeper mission for your business is and how to really hone that in. It's a really powerful TED talk that, you know, I find myself listening to, I would say, maybe like two to four times a year. And uh, yeah, definitely check that out as well. So I was reflecting on this conversation with Jevin. I, I just, uh, one of the things I was just reflecting on was just how, you know, Leadership development is a lifelong process, right? And I really feel like one of the best things that we can do for ourselves and for the clients and the customers that we serve is to become a better leader. I feel like even like case in point, like, you know, for me, uh, just to be like open and honest, like, you know, one area that I've really kind of struggled with is like uh, social justice kind of issues, you know, and those things are really important to me, like at a private level, like, I mean, we do a lot of things, but to articulate that in a public forum, that's something that's an area that I'm growing a lot in. And I felt like, you know, especially in the light of of the things that have happened uh, in this past year. I felt like I, and being just the fortune to be in this position of leadership, I felt like this was something that I needed to grow and need to continue to grow. And so, yeah, it's just been, you know, for me, it's been a lot of like, you know, having private conversations uh, with people, reading a lot, uh, reflecting and journaling a lot, you know, wanting to just lead and serve well. And I hope that you, take that similar approach as well. And I know that you will. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Have a great rest of your day, and I will see you next time.
1: Bye.
0: Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's session. Just wanted to also let you know that we have a free email newsletter that goes out every week. You can download it over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. Basically, uh, that newsletter contains some of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes with STC and also with my life and how I'm balancing and trying to balance uh, being both an entrepreneur as well as building a life around my family and my health as well. And it also contains the latest podcast episode and some of the stuff that I'm doing on LinkedIn, some of the strategies and things that are working for me. And then finally, a brand new section called On Mel's Mind, where I take a video or a book or a blog post or something like that that's inspiring me for that week. And I share how I'm implementing it both in my life and in my business. Again, you can download that over at sellingthecouchcom forward slash newsletter. And if you are one of the 3,700 colleagues that have been a part of the email newsletter I so appreciate you. And uh, I'm grateful for your support. We genuinely try to make these helpful and, uh, and just based on the data and based on the feedback we're getting, it seems like we're doing a really good job. So appreciate you. And, uh, I hope that you have a great day.